Chapter 46 of Little Masterpieces of American Wit and Humor, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by J.D. Gavin. Little Masterpieces of American Wit and Humor, Volume 1. Edited by Thomas Lansing Masson. Tim Crane and the Widow by Francis M. Witcher. Oh, no, Mr. Crane, by no matter of means. Tain't a minute too soon for you to begin to talk about getting married again. I'm amazed you should be afeard, I think so. See, how long's Miss Crane been dead? Six months, land of Goshen. Why, I've known a number of individuals getting married in less time than that. There's Phil Bennett's widow, twas I was talking about just now. She twas Louise Purse. Her husband hadn't been dead but three months, you know. I don't think it looks well for a woman to be in such hurry. But for a man, it's a different thing. Circumstances alters cases, you know. And then, situated as you be, Mr. Crane, it's a terrible thing for your family to be without a head to superintend the domestic concerns and tend to the children, to say nothing of yourself, Mr. Crane. You do need a companion, and no mistake. Six months? Good grievous. Why, Squire Titus didn't wait but six weeks arter he buried his first wife before he married his second. I thought there weren't no particular need of his hurrying so, seeing his family was all growed up. Such a critter as he picked out, too. Twas very unsuitable. But every man to his taste? I hate no disposition to meddle with nobody's concerns. There's old Farmer Dawson, too. His partner hain't been dead but ten months. To be sure, he ain't married yet, but he would have been long ago if somebody I know on had give him encouragement. But tain't for me to speak of that matter. He's a clever old critter and as rich as a Jew. But, lawful sakes, he's old enough to be my father. And there's Mr. Smith. Jupiter Smith, you know him, Mr. Crane. His wife, she twas Ari Putt. She died last summer, and he's been squinting around among the women ever since. And he may squint for all the good it'll do him so far as I'm concerned. Though Mr. Smith's a respectable man, quite young and hain't no family, very well off, too, and quite intellectible, but I'm pretty particular. Oh, Mr. Crane... It's ten year come January since I witnessed the expiration of my beloved companion. An uncommon long time to wait, to be sure. But tain't easy to find anybody to fill the place of old Hezekiah Bedit. I think you're the most like husband of any individual I ever see, Mr. Crane. Six months murderation. Courage, you should be afeard I think was too soon. Why, I'd known... Mr. Crane. Well, widder. I've been thinking about taking another companion, and I thought I'd ask you. Widow. Oh, Mr. Crane, excuse my commotion. It's so unexpected. Just hand me that our bottle of campfire off the mandatory shelf. I'm rather faint. Do put a little mite on my handkerchief and hold it to my nose. There. That'll do. I'm obliged to you. Now I'm rather more composed. You may proceed, Mr. Crane. Mr. Crane. Well, widder, I was going to ask you whether... Whether... Widow. 
Contenter, Mr. Crane, do. I know it's terrible embarrassing. I remember when my deceased husband made his suppositions to me, he stammered and stuttered, and was so awfully flustered it did seem as if he'd never get it out in the world, and I suppose it's generally the case. At least it has been with all of them that's made suppositions to me. You see, they're generally uncertain about what kind of answer they're going to get, and it kind of makes them nervous. But when an individual has reason to suppose his attachment's reparated... I don't see what need there is of his being frustrated, though I must say it's quite embarrassing to me. Pray contender, Mr. C. Well, then, I want to know if you're willing I should have Melissy. Widow. The dragon? Mr. C. I hain't said anything to her about it yet. Thought the proper way was to get your consent first. I remember when I courted Triffany. We were engaged some time before Mother Canippy knew anything about it, and when she found out, she was quite put out because I didn't go to her first. So when I made up my mind about Melissa, thanks me, I'll do it right this time and speak to the old woman first. Widow. Old woman, hey! That's a pretty name to call me! Amazing perlite, too! What Melissa, hey! Tribulation! Gracious sakes alive, why, well, I give it up now. I always known you was a simpleton, Tim Crane, but I must confess I didn't think you was quite so big a fool. What Melissa do you? If that don't beat all, what an everlasting old calf you must be to suppose she'd look at you. Why, you're old enough to be her father, and more, too. Melissa ain't only in her twenty-one year. What a ridiculous idea for a man of your age, as gray as a rat, too. I wonder what this world is a-coming to. Tis astonishing what fools old witters will make of themselves. Have a Melissa. Melissa. Mr. C. Why, witter, you surprise me. I'd no idea of being treated in this way after you'd been so polite to me and made such a fuss over me and the girls. Widow. Shake your head, Tim Crane. None of your sass to me. There's your hat on that our table, and here's the door, and the sooner you put on one and march out the other, the better it'll be for you. And I advise you, afore you try to get married again, to go out west and see if yet's wife's cold. And arter you're satisfied on that pot, just put a little lamp black on your hair. T'would add to your appearance, undoubtedly, and be of service to you when you want to flourish round among the gals. And when you got your hair fixed, just splinter the spine of your back. "'Twouldn't hurt your looks a mite. "'You'd be entirely unresistible if you was a little grain straighter.' "'Mr. C. "'Well, I never.' "'Widow. "'Hold your tongue, you carts aren't all coot. "'I tell you, there's your hat and there's the door. "'Be off with yourself, quick meter, "'or I'll give you a hist with a broomstick.' "'Mr. C. "'Jiminy.' "'Widow, rising. "'Get out, I say. "'I'm going to start here and be insulted under my own roof, "'and so get along. "'And if you ever darken my door again or say a word to Melissa, "'it'll be the wasp for you. That's all.' "'Mr. C. "'Tremendous! What a buster!' "'Widow. "'Go long, go long, go long, you everlasting old gum. "'I won't hear another word.' "'Stops her ears. "'I won't, I won't, I won't!' "'Exit Mr. Crane.' Enter Melissa, accompanied by Captain Canute. Good evening, Captain. Well, Melissa, hum at last, hey? Why didn't you stay till morning? Party business keeping me up here so late waiting for you. 
when I'm any most tired to death, ironing and working like a slave all day. Ought to been in bed an hour ago. Thought ye left me with agreeable company, hey? I should like to know what earthly reason you had to suppose old Crane was agreeable to me. I always despised the critter, always thought he was a terrible fool, and now I'm convinced on it. I was completely disgusted with him, and I let him know it tonight. I get him a piece of my mind to I guess he'll be apt to remember for a spell. I rather think he went off with a flea in his ear. Why, Cap'n, did you ever hear of such a piece of audacity in all your born days? For him, Tim Crane, to durst to expire to my hand, the widder o' Deacon Bedit, just as if I'd consent to look at him the old numbskull. He don't know B from a broomstick, and if he had stayed much longer, I'd have teached him the difference, I guess. He's got his walking ticket now. I hope he'll let me alone in the future. And where's Keir? Gone home with the cranes, hey? Well, I guess it's the last time. And now, Missy Bedit, you ain't to have nothing more to do with them gals, do you hear? You ain't to associate with them at all, arter this. Twould only be encouraging the old man to come pestering me again, and I won't have him around, you hear? Don't be in a hurry, Cap'n, and don't be alarmed at my getting impatient about old Crane's presumption. Maybe you think twas unfeeling in me to use him so, and I don't say but what twas rather, but then he's so awful disagreeable to me, you know. Tain't everybody I treat in such a way. Well, you must go. Good evening. Give my love to Hanner when you write again. Do call frequently, Captain Canute. Do. The Bedit Papers End of Tim Crane and the Widow Recording by J.D. Gavin